Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally like he dropped Superman down like the drain comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Oh, good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. Part two of our two-part college football previews. Good to have you all here with us tonight. And um, last night was a really fun time. I mean, Ron and John did a great job, and they're back here to finish uh, finish us up with the Group of Five previews. We had the Power Five yesterday. If you missed it, it's on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash jetcow or jetcow.com for the audio replay. Um, either way, it should be a really fun time. And and we come to you from the Dave in the City studios at sunny at Southern, ugh, at the home of champions, Southern California. It's been a bit, so I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry I missed that part yesterday but let's get to football we have a lot of football to talk about still and some storylines let's bring back our panel ron and john as we get ready for another year of football picks i'm really looking forward to it but uh let's say hi to them again john good to have you back after uh some fun last night how are you doing tonight doing well dave yeah excited to get through these group of five conferences like i think we mentioned yesterday this is where the true degenerate action lives so um and i think the last couple years we did these previews it was just we were kind of forcing it so i was like all right let's just do two shows this year with the group of five so it should be fun and uh thanks for having us again 100 percent. and it was a great decision john i really owe you a lot of gratitude for that idea because it's a great idea now we can really focus and and really dedicate proper time to these these fun schools that we can talk about in these other conferences so ron welcome back how's it going tonight Good. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I feel special to be part of a, a two-part, <laughs> two-part <laughs> preview show. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, it, it felt like other years. You know, we were getting to the uh, to the non-power five schools with like a half an hour left and just rushing <laughs> through it. And they definitely deserve uh, more attention uh, because honestly, like when we do the the, the kids club picks i mean I, I feel like we spend more time talking about these schools than we did with the power five <laughs> true <laughs> that's really true so uh so let's give them their due tonight um we'll precede that with just a little bit of leftover talk as far as the storylines um so we did have to want to address a couple other things and first let's talk about the expansion of 12 playoff teams and the new name image and likeness allowances in the ncaa now i'm in favor of that i think that's great it's been a long time coming i think coaches are going to complain i think administrators are going to complain but it's to me it's only fair so i i don't think there's an issue with i, I think it's going to be fine like, it's not the end of the world i mean so interesting spot for you for everybody i think the for, the expansion of 12 as i mentioned yesterday that had to happen so let's get your opinions on those really quickly. And, John, I'll go to you first. So, I'm um, sorry, Dave. So you mentioned the 12-team playoff. Is that what we're discussing at the moment? Yeah, yeah. We'll start with that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think we briefly discussed it last night or, or kind of brought it up. Um, you know, it's just going to give a lot more opportunity to some of the, the smaller Power 5 school or, sorry, non-Power 5 schools to maybe get a bid. I mean, 
you know, watch it end up being like four SEC teams, considering they're going to con- kind of consolidate their power, kind of as we mentioned last night um, as well. But I think in theory, you know, you're going to give more opportunity to schools like Coastal Carolina and UCF to at least get in the playoff. And, and what I saw how it's structured, it's like they very highly weight the conference champions. Um, so those schools are going to get an opportunity. So I think in the grand scheme of, um, you know, of making things more more parity and more interesting, like, yeah, it would probably end up being Alabama and Ohio State at the end of the day playing for the title like it has been. But I think it'll just bring more excitement and more, um, you know, more ratings to the regular season. Even, you know, they say now, well, the regular season, it's going to make it worthless. Well, I completely disagree because like we've talked about, only about four or five teams head into the season with a legit chance to win the national championship. And where in this system, you'd have 12 teams that, yeah, they have a, I mean, it's not a great chance, but they would have a chance to make the college football playoff and play for a national championship. So I, I think, I think it's a, a, a great move. I think 12 is a good number. I, I'd be fine with, with 16. Um, I think a little anything more than that, I think it's a little bit too much unless, you know, there's going to be more teams joining division one, but um, I'm, I'm all for it. So I think it's uh, I think it's a good move and, you know, we'll have to wait a little bit. I don't, I don't think they're going to get rid of the, the fourteen contract for a while. Um, I think what they said was like twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six, something like that. But yep. I think I think it's a, a good thing for college football. I do too. I think the ideal number for me would have been eight. I think that would have been perfect. But twelve is fine. It's certainly better than four. I don't think four is kind of as we've we've discussed already. It's kind of become sheeran because. We're, we're used to the same teams every single time, so this at least breaks things up a little bit. So there's always a chance that someone could, could rise and, and make a run. So, Ron, let's get your thoughts on the 12-team playoff as well. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, it's needed, um, and it's a good thing. And I, I know we've spoke about this for, before, Dave, but um, and John's right. Like, the same four teams could – you know, end up as the final four every year, just like they are now, uh, Alabama, Clemson, you know, Oklahoma, Ohio state, you know, some mix of those teams, but at least there's the optics of, um, you know, other teams involved. Um, and, and you've got to do that at some point because, uh, you can only go so long, um, with those four, same four teams every single year before you start to lose, uh the attention span of of the casual viewer like uh you know i if if i wasn't in the college football and saw the uh the same two semifinals every year you know alabama oklahoma ohio state clemson i'd probably tune out by now you know but but we're hardcore into it and, and we enjoy it no matter uh what the situation is but uh but from an outside perspective i could understand getting you know burnout from the the same teams being in it every year and uh, you know, I, I've lost my uh, my passion for college basketball, but I do appreciate how there is new teams in the mix every single year. And I, and I know college football is different. And, and again, the the power is consolidated, uh, you know, to those to the same programs. But at least, again, at least the optics of it um, and, and the scenario gives you. Uh, you know, that feel where maybe you'll see an upset or maybe, you know, they have to go through this extra team to get there. And, uh, and to me, that's, that's what, it's what college football needs. It is. So I'll be looking forward to that added um, layer of uh, competition, maybe parody, we could call it if, if it all works out the way we hope. So uh, time will tell. Yeah. I, I think that's well said, everybody. 
So now let's move ahead to the Heisman favorites. And, you know, we don't... I mean, they have an idea who they, the favorites are. So, John, I'll go back to you. Who are some of your Heisman candidates for the season? Yeah, I think you have to start with um, Spencer Rattler. We talked about him last night. Uh, you know, second year, he really improved towards the end of the season. Just finished with a flurry. Oklahoma had a big winning streak, won their bowl game. And, you know, you can clearly – see at the start of the season he just wasn't comfortable he hadn't started any games and um, by the end of the year he was just playing great they, you know that offense we know how good of a job Lincoln Riley does um, so I think you know I think he has to be right up there as a favorite um, we mentioned uh, Sam Howell last night I you know obviously he's going to have a, another great season and put up a bunch of stats um, so he should be right there um, you know then of course you got to go to the quarterbacks of the teams that are going to be in contention for the college football playoff. So, um, you know, uh, DJ from Clemson, Bryce Young, Alabama, uh, whoever ends up playing for Ohio State uh, right now, I guess I'm just looking at the odds. Uh, CJ Stroud is like 16 to one. Um, so, I mean, those are, those will be the usual suspects. I mean, you know, kind of want to go off the board a little bit. You could say maybe Matt Corral from Ole Miss, but again, like a lot of this is tied to how well, their team does. And, you know, Ole Miss is not going to be in the college football playoffs. So um, probably not going to happen. I mean, maybe like one of the Iowa state guys like Brock Purdy, you could make possibly see if they could somehow get past Oklahoma. He could, he could be in the mix there. Um, so I, those are kind of your favorites. I mean, if you really wanted to maybe take a long shot, you could say uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, but I think you just got to stick with those top few guys from the top few quarterbacks from the, um, from the contending teams. And obviously, you know, if, if you end up with a situation like we had last year with uh, Devonta Smith, it just has an unbelievable season. Like he's going to shoot up the, shoot up the odds board and, you know, and, and overtake it. But I think to start the year, you got, you got to start off with those quarterbacks as, as the favorite to, to win it. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to argue with any of that. Uh, I think that uh, makes a lot of sense. It's funny that yesterday I thought the Howell would be a better candidate than Rattler, but honestly, I think you guys are right because, as you mentioned, Oklahoma is going to have a much higher ceiling as far as the team. So it makes a lot of sense. So, um, Ron, anything you want to add as far as the Heisman's? No, I, you know, John nailed all the all the contenders. Uh, I will give you another one. I know he he said a long shot, Desmond Ritter, uh, another guy who I think has a, a legit shot. Depending on how uh, the season plays out, is Malik Willis in uh, from Liberty. Um, I mean, he put up ridiculous numbers last year. Uh, you know, I think he threw 20 touchdowns. He ran for almost a thousand yards. If they go on another run like they did last year and, you know, he puts up better numbers than that, I think you're going to see a big push, uh, to get him in the Heisman, uh, in the Heisman race. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's there come uh, January and even if he, uh, ends up winning it. Love it. Okay, so that's a, that's a pretty good brief summary of the Heisman story. So let's get right to these power, the group. The, let's get right to the group of five previews. We're going to start with John's AAC. Pretty good conference. Cincinnati went undefeated last year, and I'm going to give it to you, John, for the preview. Well, Dave, I will say it's no longer my AAC. So oh, that's my, true. That's true. Well, you good point. Huskies have exited the conference. <laughs> they are now independent. I mean, I don't know right. whether that's good or bad. I don't know. Um, you know, just 
as I mean, I really didn't care either way. Like they sucked in the conference anyway. They're going to suck as an independent for a few years. Like I <laughs> talked about last night, Edsel actually is doing okay with recruiting. So maybe in like three years, they'll have a decent team. Um, but just like it, it was better for the basketball team to get back to some of the traditional rivalries um, and, and, and go the way they did going back to the Big East and then independent and football because they actually could schedule some. In- I mean, they're playing some interesting teams this year. At least I can say that anyway. I mean, um, but anyway, I digress. We can we can get independence after. But, yeah, I mean, the clear favorite in the conference is Cincinnati. And, you know, they, they debuted at number eight in the um, in the AP poll. So I think that's got to be one of the highest ever for a group of five team. Um, and, you know, I, I don't you know, we'll, we'll see that they, they have the schedule to make the college football playoff. Like if they play Notre Dame and play Indiana as their two um, kind of big time games on their schedule. So if they were to win those and sweep the conference, I mean, they'll be right there in terms of a, um, a, a college football playoff potential. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to get it because obviously remember Central Florida from four years ago probably should have should have made it in. And then the next year they went undefeated as well. And they can only get up to, I think, like sixth or seventh. But the fact that Cincinnati is starting the year eighth, I think, is is um, is, is huge. Um, you know, I'd have to check and see if that was the highest that a group of five has ever started. But um, they're clearly the favorite in the conference. They're just loaded everywhere. They do lose their defensive coordinator. Marcus Freeman went to Notre Dame. But I, I think they're just too talented and um, too deep for the rest of the conference. So they're, they're going to win it. Um, after that, you have some interesting teams. We talked about uh, UCF a little bit last night. We kind of mentioned how um, Heupel went to Tennessee. So they bring in Gus Malzahn. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting transition. Um, you know, I mentioned how their offense is going to not – I don't think it's going to be as fast-paced as it was. Um, they brought in an offensive coordinator from Hawaii who who's kind of who wants to run kind of one of those offenses. But we've seen in the past, like, Melzahn wants to do his own thing. So maybe they'll just be calling Melzahn's play. So that, that's like you have to be determined. But Dylan Gabriel's still there, and he's very talented. Um, problem is their defense was just absolutely horrendous last year. I mean, just god awful. Um, part of that was due to how fast they play. I think, you know, if you if you you know you're just playing in like a track meet, like you really um, you can't give your defense a breather. Number one, and then if your offense somehow goes three and out or can't get anything going, your defense is right back there on the field. So that kind of contributed to their problem. But I still think they'll be in the top half of the conference. They they, they just have too much talent, and I do think Malzahn over. Heupel is definitely an upgrade. So um, I don't think they're quite as good, though, as Cincinnati. So um, they'll definitely be up there near the top. Uh, SMU is an interesting team. Uh, they do lose uh, Shane Bouchelle is now in the NFL, but um, they pretty much return every other offensive starter. Uh, Bentley, their running back. Uh, Roberson, the receiver, is back after an injury. And um, their uh, new quarterback, Mordecai, was a transfer from Oklahoma. So they should be pretty talented, and um, I, I think they'll be right up there in the, in the top half of the conference. Um, Houston is interesting. I, I'm not a fan of Holgerson. I really don't think he's really – I don't know. I don't know where the guy – I mean, he had an okay a few years at West Virginia, but it's just kind of the same thing every year with Houston. The good thing about their schedule, though, is they, both, they miss both Cincinnati and UCF, so that could be definitely um, some, some potential for them. Um, you know, to kind of hang in there in the top half. But I, I just don't see them as good as, as those other couple teams. But they're definitely better than the teams at the bottom. But they're kind of like a middling uh, middling kind of team in the conference. Um, Tulsa loses Xavier Collins to the NFL. And obviously, for those who watched Tulsa play last year, he was just a huge key to their defense and what they did. 
Um, so, you know, he's not going to be easily replaced, but they pretty much returned uh, all, all their other players. They do lose their quarterback. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But I, I would say they're kind of in the middle tier of the, of the league. They, they'll, they'll probably be bowl eligible. Um, and then uh, uh, Tulane, Dave, you love uh, Willie Fritz. He's still there. Uh, so we'll see if they can get get something going this year. They did lose their offensive coordinator. Is now the new coach at Southern Miss. Um, so that, that's pretty much it. I guess I would mention for the ACC. The rest of the teams really don't don't really do anything for me. I mean, South Florida is just going to be horrible. Um, you know, the Navy Navy is weird because they could go from like three and nine to, to ten and three back to back years. It's just the turnover in that kind of program is just crazy but they they did not look good last year so i would not you know i would not count on navy doing anything but um you know if, if you if you want me to make a prediction i'll say cincinnati and uh smu i think are the two teams that'll play for the title game with ucf uh houston and tulsa right behind and then kind of the rest after that um that that's kind of how i see the aac playing out for, for this season yeah, I can't really argue any any of that. Houston really hasn't been the same since they lost Derek King. Anyway, I'm sorry. Is that right? Is that right? No, but but at any rate, it's 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 not. I have to agree. I'm not really a big uh, Holgerson fan either. So honestly, I, I'm I think Cincinnati will be just fine this year. And Ron, let's go to you now for the AAC preview. Yeah, you got a checker on a checker here. I think it's uh, going to be Cincinnati and SMU too. Um, you know, Cincinnati, I think their, their ceiling is the, uh, the college football playoff. I think their, you know, their, their floor is the New Year six, you know, they're that good. They're, they're returning that many, uh, good players. And, and like John said, Desmond Ritter is an outside candidate to be, uh, a Heisman winner. Um, but I think we'll, you know, like John mentioned, we'll know by, uh, October 2nd, whether or not they're going to be you know up there in that echelon that upper echelon pushing for uh the playoff or you know they'll just be uh, aiming for a new york six bowl because uh like he said they play at indiana and at notre dame uh in back-to-back games um so you know that's if they win those uh you know it, it would be shocking to see them not go undefeated uh if they split them split it or lose one or uh, lose both, then uh, you're going to see them struggle a little bit and uh, and have to contend with those other uh, teams from uh, the non-Power 5 to get into the playoffs. But, uh, you know, everything is there and set up for them to, to succeed. Uh, SMU, I, I actually like, uh, you know, the, the thought of Tanner Mordecai taking over at quarterback, especially with all the other players there. Um, you know, there, there's a big drop-off between Cincinnati and the rest of the league. Uh, I, I agree. UCF, Dylan Gabriel is, is awesome, but I just don't know how the team's going to look under Gus Malzahn. Uh, so I, I can't really, you know, say that they're going to uh, be as good as they have been. Uh, it might take a, a couple years for them to, you know, to, to fit into the system and, and grow with that. So uh, I, I'll, I'll give them a pass this year and, and say that they're going to take a little step back. Um and then, you know, like John said, you have the middle of the uh, the conference who are all probably going to be around six, seven wins. Tulane, uh, Tulsa, uh, like he mentioned, uh, Houston, uh, not a fan of Hulgerson. Uh, You know, I know they have the, the talent, the, the quarterback uh, in Clayton Toon, but 
you know, they besides I just don't trust Holgerson at all. Um, and and yeah, the the bottom teams are, are going to be pretty bad. Uh, USF uh, Navy looks uh, like they're on a bit of a uh, of the decline. Temple too uh, is going through some growing pains. So uh, I'll go with uh, Cincinnati and SMU in, in, in the title game. And Cincinnati wins. It's just uh, a matter of whether or not they're going to get the uh, New Year Six or really push for that uh, for that fourteen playoff. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. I mean, I doubt they go undefeated in with that schedule, but they're going to have a very good year, I I think. So let's move ahead now to the Conference USA preview. And I wrote in my notes, Dave has no idea. I really don't. I have no clue. So I'm going to go to you, John, and I'm going to give it to you first to give our give a preview of the Conference USA. Yeah, there are some interesting teams in this conference. I mean, you know. <laughs> Some some bad, some good, but uh, I guess we'll start in the East. Um, only a couple teams I want to mention here. I mean, some of these teams are just just bad. Um, <laughs> but a uh, few teams I want to mention. First, Marshall um, they had a really good season last year. Uh, before the last couple games of the season, I'll have to check the their schedule. But they were only like had lost one game, or they might have even been undefeated heading into the last few games of the year. And Grant Wells was playing great. And then all of a sudden, like, he just could not play anymore. I think he had, like, seven interceptions in the last two games or something. Um, and so I, I don't know what happened with that. And that allowed UAB to end up winning the conference. But um, he returns. And, you know, he definitely shows you a lot last year. And their defense should be excellent. That is what really carried the team. The interesting thing about Marshall in the offseason is they let go of Doc Holliday, who was their longtime coach. And he did a great job recruiting and kind of building up the program. Well, in comes this guy, Charles Huff. I believe he was at Alabama, uh, some coach at Alabama uh, before this. And it was just a widely renowned, like, you know, this guy knows what he's doing kind of higher. Like, he, he's going to even take Marshall to the next level. So, uh, we'll see. They're definitely going to be contenders um, in this division. Uh, their main competition here, I think, is going to be a Florida Atlantic uh, under Willie Taggart. Um, you know, they need to find a quarterback. They were so offensively challenged last year. Their defense was great, but their offense was just horrible so we'll see if they can figure that out and the other interesting team here is western kentucky now if you look into what they did in the offseason it's crazy so we talked about the transfer portal last night so they basically transferred in the entire houston baptist offense from last year wow. their quarterback uh bailey zap his three receivers and their the offensive coordinator from houston baptist are now at western kentucky this year and in four games last year uh, Western Kentucky, I'm sorry, Houston Baptist played four game a four-game schedule, and this guy, Zappi, had like 1,800 yards, 15 touchdowns, and one interception. And those were against Power 5 schools because, like, it was the COVID season. There's barely any FCS teams playing. So when they did play, they played Power 5 schools. He put up, like, 600 yards against Texas Tech. So if, if they could somehow, like, find that again here at Western Kentucky, I mean, they, their defense was really good last year. So – they definitely could be a challenger to Marshall. I think those are the two teams to look out for in this division. Um, I'd be more inclined to go with Marshall just because they kind of already have that stability uh, with Wells um, and the and the roster overall um, just from last year. But I think if Western Kentucky can get that offense rolling, watch out. I think they definitely could be a contender. Then in the West, I mean, you just got a lot of crap here. I mean, it, it's not good. Um, so UAB has been the division winner the past two years. I and mean, we keep talking about Bill Clark. Like, when's this guy going to get, like, a power five job? Like, he's done such a good job uh, at this program. Like, you know, the team was literally – they 
got the death penalty essentially like they dropped the program and now they're back and like winning conference usa championships so uh and a, a tremendous job by them by him so they're gonna be a contender again i kind of like utsa though um they got some really talented players I, if you remember the bowl game against uh louisiana they put up a heck of a game um they have some explosive players uh sincere mccormick is one of the most underrated running backs in the country in my opinion just a very explosive player and uh frank harris returns at quarterback and I, I just really like what they what they've done over the past couple of years, and there have been a, a, a great like recruiting area in San Antonio. So um, I think if anyone's going to challenge UAB, it's going to be uh, UTSA in that division. Um, the rest of the teams there, I really not much to, to say about North Texas, Rice, UTEP, Southern Miss, um, Louisiana Tech is always kind of feisty. I mean, Skip Oltz is probably one of the better coaches in the league. Um, but you know he'll be as typical like six and six or seven and five. Like Louisiana Tech is always in a bowl. I guess if I, if I want to mention any of those other teams, um, Rice does have a pretty good defense. They they kind of re- return a bunch of players from uh, from last year, but they didn't play many games. It was just so messed up for a lot of these teams. Um, but for my prediction, I mean I might as well just go go for it here. So I'm going to say Marshall out of the East because of what I mentioned before. I just like them a little more stable. But Western Kentucky is definitely a wild card. And then I'll go with UTSA um, to come out of the West. So that'll, that'll be my prediction for uh, Conference USA. I think uh, the Roadrunners will overtake UAB this year. So Marshall and UTSA is my Conference USA uh, title game prediction. It's not bad, John, because now, again, I, I went into this more casually. So I said I wrote in my notes, I will pick UTSA to win the West for kicks. But again, like you said, they've got juice. And Marshall, I will also select to, to win the East. Ergo, our picks are identical. But so we'll see. It'll be interesting. And uh, Ron, let's go to you now for the Conference USA preview. Yeah, you know, the Conference USA to me is just like a complete unknown. Um, And it usually is. Uh, But, you know, John hit the nail on the head with everything. You know, Marshall uh, and Grant Wells, I mean, he had a tremendous freshman uh, season. And he was true freshman last year, too, I think. but, you know, Marshall's been such a weird uh, a weird program for, like, the past 10 years. I remember reading, like, a few years ago that uh, the administration and, like, the, uh, the AD despised uh, Doc Holliday. But he had so many, um, I guess, friends, like, in, in the uh, high levels of, of the state of West Virginia that they were really reluctant to let him go. And but they both sides basically knew that they hated each other uh, and, and had like this really, you know, awful relationship for years. Uh, and they were looking for a way to get him out and looking for a way, you know, hoping almost for him to have a down year so they could fire justify his firing. It never happened. Uh, you know, like John said, he, he built up the program. He was really solid for a long time. And, uh, you know, just I, I guess to their um you know, surprise, he, he decided to retire at the end of this year. Uh, and, and they bought in uh, Huff from Alabama. But, yeah, just such, such a weird scenario, weird situation that, that was going on there. And, you know, I, I really don't know how they're going to play. I, I don't know if, if Grant Wells fits into uh, how Charles Huff wants to play his offense. Uh, Wells was, you know, really good last year, but he, he never really had, um, you know, that, that breakout game. And then – again like john said at the end of the year he just fell off uh and, and couldn't complete a pass almost it, it was really weird so you got to ask yourself which uh, which quarterback you're going to be getting 
so I don't know if I can put that much faith in them. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be a little bit of a growing uh, process with Huff. Um, Florida Atlantic, uh, you know, Taggart is – that's a perfect spot for Willie Taggart. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know they, they struggled a bit last year. They bought in the, uh, the offensive coordinator from Penn State who uh, bought in uh, – I, I think he, he took his son with him. Uh, who's the who's going to be the quarterback at Florida Atlantic this year? Uh, Michael Johnson, um, and they're they're tailoring like the offense around him. So, I I, I think if if there's any juice there, uh, Florida Atlantic uh, could be interesting in that spot. Um, you know, I I don't know what else is really in that in that division. In the other division, uh, again, I echo what John said. UAB and Bill Clark, like, you know, when is he going to get a Power Five job? I mean, he he has done the impossible, resurrected that franchise from the dead, and has them uh, good and competitive every single year. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I would watch out for them. Louisiana Tech always, you know, like like John said, is is always in the mix. Uh, their offense wasn't, uh, you know, as didn't have as much firepower last year as they usually do. So I don't know if that's going to carry over into this year. I know they struggled with the, uh, the, the quarterback position last year. Um, SMU is a team I like to watch. I'm going to be rooting for them uh, just because they have Frank Gore Jr. Uh, and, and he, you know, had a big year last year as a true freshman. Uh, they just – they have no quarterback on their team. If they find one, they could make that next – uh, that next jump to, to contend for uh, at least the the Mac um, the Mac uh, not the Mac the uh, the Conference USA Championship game. But uh, if I had to pick, um, you know, I will go with uh, I'll go with Florida Atlantic and UAB in in the title game. But it's a complete crapshoot because I, I don't really know much about any of these teams. You know what I remember about Florida Atlantic during the year or so that Willie Taggart has been there. Their offense was bad. Is that is that what you remember too? Like it was like I remember they would yeah. go like brutal. Yeah, and like, they 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 kind of uh, gutted the whole offensive uh, staff yeah. and bought in all new guys. Um, you know, but it, the thing about the, these teams in, in these non-power five conferences is it's crazy. Like they, you could pull off a move like that and bring in all these transfers. Uh, like like John said, with Western Kentucky bringing in all the guys from Houston Baptist, you could basically rebuild your offense in one off season, right. um, because all these teams are, are really at the same talent level. So if you get the the right mix of transfers in there, I mean you can uh, you can take that that jump and and contend for the title there. Yeah, I'm jumping for one more second, Dave. I'm, sure. I was just looking at the FAU posted depth chart, and it looks like Nikosi Perry is here as well. So it's oh, crazy I didn't know that. Yeah, he's listed as the quarter QB one right now, and that uh, Michael Johnson is listed as the number two, and then Nick Tronti. I remember him playing last year. Yes, is the number three because it's it's just crazy how they were scoring just a million points under Lane Kiffin, and then he leaves, and then Tagger comes in, and they just can't score a, a single point. I remember a game last year. Um, they played UMass and they were giving like 
35 points. Yes. I, think the final, I remember this game. The final score was like yeah. 21 to 3 or something. I, yeah. I couldn't believe that they couldn't score more points against UMass. It was just, it was crazy. But you're right. Curry has to be, is he pushing like 30 years old now? He's, he's got to be got, like one of the seventh tier seniors. You're right. Yeah, he's got to be. I, I I don't know if it's a positive that he's going to, if he's going to be their yeah. starter. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just crazy how these group of five teams, it's not like, you know, you can't go from last to first in the SEC, but you could easily do it in Conference USA. So that's kind of why, you know, you love some of these, 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 uh, you know, group of fives, uh, you know, group of five leagues because you can make that jump and it's fun to follow for sure. Yeah. It's such a wild yeah, Let me throw out one more team, Dave. Oh, uh, at that, uh, Charlotte. Um, you know, ah. two years ago, they were the, the talk of the conference, right? Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they went on that run. And then last year, I think they played like, you know, four or five games, something like that, and completely looked lost. They're a team that could easily, because they still, I think, have their, almost like their entire roster coming back. Chris Reynolds, the quarterback who was really good two years ago. Uh, so they're a team that, you know, if we're thrown out last year, they could, they could you know, show up this year and, and and win the conference. I wouldn't be shocked. Right on. Yeah, that that's, it's, it's such an interesting it's an interesting place. Like you have UT. We were just talking about FAU, how they can't score. And then you have Marshall, who just like gives up a bunch of points and scores a bunch of points at the same time. So it's just it's such a crazy place to be. So um, that's the Conference USA. Let's move into the MAC. And if you like scoring, this is another place for it. But again, defense is not the thing here. Um, I'm not even sure if Northern Illinois is that great a defense these days. But I'll let you guys make the call on that. Certainly, your favorites are. You know, probably Ohio, Toledo, and I'm thinking of one other team. Maybe uh, I know Western Michigan had some juice last year too. So, John, I'll give it to you first for the MAC preview. Yeah, I love the action. Um, can't wait for those November November nights, Tuesday Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Bring it on! Like, yeah. you can't get better than that. But um, yeah, so I guess we'll we'll start in the East, and you know, there's some some bad bad teams in the East. Um, Akron and Bowling Green, like you can't get much worse than these two teams. Um, just just bad all around um so then the other teams that you have that are gonna be in contention for the division well buffalo just lost their coach lance leipold we mentioned last night he went to kansas took a bunch of players with him i honestly do not even know who their new coach is and that's a bad job by me i have to look it up but it can't be someone like that was like hot off the market because he left for kansas i want to say like in april or may um so they lose jared patterson went to the nfl um kevin marks is back uh, he was a pretty good backup to him. I mean, you, you had games last year where they would each run for like 150 yards each. I mean, it was just crazy their running game. But I think like they lost some offensive linemen. Um, uh, Kyle Ventrese is back, but again, like how effective is he going to be under a new coach? Like, there's just a lot of question marks there. Um, Ohio is usually the class of the division, but Frank Solich just retired like weeks ago. So um, a long-time assistant is taking over. So there's going to be some continuity there, but you kind of have to question that. Um, you know, they do – there's a quarterback competition between Rourke and Armani Rogers, a former UNLV transfer. But they're kind of two different skill sets. Like one – Rourke is more of a passer. Rogers is more of a runner. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, they might end up using two quarterbacks, which I don't know. I and mean, it's kind of never, you know, the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, really, do you have a quarterback at all? I don't know. Um, you know, Miami of Ohio just never seems to be able to win, like, the, the close games. I mean, well, they did two years ago when they got to the MAC title game. Like, all the close game walk went to Miami of Ohio. Um, they returned Gabbert at, at quarterback. 
back. So uh, they're they're going to have some continuity. And then Kent State, um, yeah, Sean Lewis, he does a great job on offense. Uh, uh, Crum, their quarterback returns. They they should be able to score basically on anyone. But their defense is so bad. Um, but I think like in this division, you know, all these other teams have question marks. I think there's definitely some um, some value on them to to win the division. Uh, and that's kind of like where I would lean to this one because I really don't trust Buffalo and Ohio with basically, you know, I, I would trust Ohio more so than Buffalo at, at this point with the coaching staff. So just to be kind of out on a limb, um, I'll take uh, I'll take Golden's uh, the Golden Flashes of Kent State uh, to win the East. And then you look at the West. I think it's a three-team kind of race between Ball State, Toledo, and Western Michigan. Um, Central, Eastern, and uh, Northern Illinois is clearly at the bottom of the division. And then you have kind of Eastern Michigan and Central Michigan are kind of right above them. Um, they could be bowl teams, but I don't think they're going to challenge for the division title. And then you have Ball State, who won it last year. But they had a lot of, um, you know, kind of they had a lot of close wins. So there could be some regression for them coming this year. But they do re- return a number of players. Uh, you know, their offense should be pretty good. Play is back at, at quarterback. So there's there's continuity there. Um, uh, Western Michigan, LB returns at, at quarterback. Again, the theme with a lot of these teams is that there's going to be a lot of scoring. If you like matching and, and you know high points on Tuesday night, like you're going to see it with a bunch of these teams. Um, they do lose Eskridge, who got drafted, I believe, in the sec- first or second round by the Seahawks. Um, so he, he was a, a, a explosive player for them. But Western Michigan should have no problem scoring. Um, Toledo is really the team that returns basically the entire team except for their quarterback. Uh, Peters is no longer there. So they're going to have to figure that out. Um, but if they figure out the quarterback position, they should easily win the division. Um, you know, obviously say easily, you know, if they were in the East, it would be, it would be an easy division win, but um, it, the rest of their roster is, is, is pretty loaded. They returned like 95% of their team from last year. So uh, I'll say that they, um, you know, they should be able to figure out their quarterback and really it doesn't even matter in the non-conference if they, you know, they lose some games. I know they play, play Notre Dame in week two, uh, they have a couple other non-conference games where they can just kind of figure out who their quarterback is going to be before Mac play. So as long as they get that settled, I think they're the team to, to pick here in the West. So I'm going to go Kent State in the East and Toledo in the West will be my prediction for the Mac for this year. Well, thanks for the preview, John. Well, that that's a great comprehensive preview of the Mac where, as I, 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 where I would also agree that there's going to be a lot of fun this year with those Tuesday and Wednesday games. And LT56 agrees. Love the match in Tuesday, Wednesday night games. For me, I'm going to pick Ohio for the East, although, like you said, a lot of uncertainty there. So it may not be a good pick. For the West, I'll pick Toledo. So now let's go to Ron and let's get your preview of the MAC. Yeah, I love the MAC uh, because, you know, realistically, any team, you know, outside of the, the, the bottom feeders could win the uh, the conference and you wouldn't be shocked. Um, and, 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 you know, John's right about uh, Buffalo and Ohio, you know, losing their coaches so late in the process. And the uh, the Buffalo coach is uh, Maurice Linguist. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, uh, I'm not surprised because neither did I. Um, but he was uh, – he coached the secondary for the Cowboys last year and then got hired by Harbaugh to um, be a defensive backs coach for the University of Michigan after the season – and then uh, left to become head coach of Buffalo, which is a, a really strange move in my opinion. Um, you know why they didn't just promote someone from the staff uh, that that late in the in the year is uh, 
is beyond me. So, you know, they, you know, like John said, they have a lot of talent and they have Kyle Van Trees, but how can you uh, trust them to, uh, you know, win their division or win the conference when you really have no idea what the offense or defense is going to look like and, you know, everything is thrown into turmoil basically with like uh, a month or two left in the summer. So, uh, you know, same scenario with Ohio and Solich leaving so late. Uh, you know, they got a lot of good players returning too, but I, I really can't trust them. Um, Kent State uh, with uh, their their quarterback. And, and like John said, there's a lot of good quarterbacks uh, in, in the MAC. Dustin Crum at Kent State, really good quarterback, really fun to watch. Uh, Kent State's, you know, doesn't have the, the, the best defense in the world, but really none of the, the MAC teams do. Um, uh, Miami, Ohio. Uh, like John said, with with Brett Gabbert, the the quarterback, another good quarterback, another fun quarterback to watch. Uh, so if if I'm picking, you know, between those teams in the East, I'll I'll say uh, Miami, Ohio. Um, you know, it it was almost it was what like a year or two ago when Chuck Martin, the coach, was on the hot seat and and really uh, they were ready to, to to throw him to the wolves and he turned everything around pretty quickly. Um, so you know, I'll I'll say Miami, Ohio. Uh, in the West, uh, I'm, I like Toledo like you guys do. Uh, their running back, uh, Brian Kobach, is is electric. He's really fun to watch. Uh, Western Michigan every year. Uh, Caleb Ely, another great quarterback to watch, really fun. Uh, they always seem to have a lot of talent, and they always uh, underachieve in a big spot. That's, uh, that's what... Uh, it, it seems like their their mo has been the past couple seasons. So uh, I, I think they'll you know probably win six or seven games, but they won't uh, win their division. Um, Ball State is another uh, good uh, good team with uh, like John said they they went on a, a tear last year with their quarterback uh, Drew Plitt, I think is his name. Um, you know so so it's good like you guys said. There's going to be a ton of scoring. Central Michigan, you really can't count him out with McElwain because, uh, you know, he, he kind of, like, innovated the, uh, the transfer process when he first got hired there and, uh, and, and, and you know, got these guys to kind of plug and play and, and improve their roster. So, I mean, you, you never know what you're going to get year to year with him. Uh, Central Michigan could, you know, either be really bad or really good. Uh, it, it just depends on, on how these guys gel together. But uh, I'll say um, – Miami, Ohio in the east, and Toledo in the west. That's my prediction. All right, so you have Miami of Ohio for that east. I have Ohio I have Ohio for the east, although I think that's a questionable decision for me. Um, we seem to have a consensus more or less with the Toledo, so that's interesting. So that's the Mac. Thanks, everybody, for that. I mean, great job out of both of you. They, that's a really good rundown of all the teams there. So um, unless there's something you guys want to add to that, we can move ahead to the Mountain West. And this is another very, very solid conference. I, I'm really looking forward to what happens here. you got a real competition for that West Division. I think it's between San Jose State and maybe San Diego State. And and then you have, like, a couple other teams that to concern yourselves with, like in the Mountain, for example, Wyoming and Boise State. Well, Brian Harson left, as we were talking about, and he went to the SEC. So I'm not really sure what Boise State's going to do with the new guy. I think it was Avalo, I think, is the name of the coach. So... It's going to be an interesting year in the Mountain West, and I think I think it'll be interesting to hear from these two as to what they think. And, John, we'll start with you and get your Mountain West preview. 
Yeah, I mean, I love all the group of five conferences, but this I, I love the Mountain West for it's like your your chase to generate game on like eleven o'clock at night. You know, San Diego State and uh, UNLV. Let's fire it up on CBS Sports and see if we can get all of our money back from the from the earlier in the day. That's kind of kind of what you got to do here. But yeah, uh, a very interesting conference for for this year. We'll I guess we'll start in the Mountain. And yeah, Dave mentioned it. Uh, Harson is gone to Auburn. So in comes Andy Avalos, previously at Oregon, defensive coordinator. Before that, he was at Boise State. So you know he's not um, coming in as like a stranger to the program and the area and, and the culture there. So uh, that's good news. Um, Hank Bachmeyer returns. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I wasn't a huge fan of Harson, but this was kind of an underwhelming hire as well. Like I, I mean, again, like I don't know who was who they were going to get. Like it was a big high profile name. Um, but I, I just not, you know, I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm more in love with another team in this division. Uh, Wyoming, I think is going to overtake them this year. I think it's going to come down to the game between those two um, to win this division. Uh, Craig Bowles been there for a number of years and you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball on first down. They're going to run the ball on second down. And they're probably going to run the ball on third down and let's see if you can stop it. I mean, um, you know, they, uh, the, uh, the, Holiday returns for their their running back. Sean Chambers, I think, played one quarter last year and got hurt. And losing him was a big part of their offense. And he's got a really strong arm. Um, so they just they kind of pound you, pound you. And then they do like a deep play action plays. And that's kind of how what they do. Their defense is great. And, you know, they have a great home field advantage up there in Laramie. And, and they they fit their style of play to kind of fit how the weather is going to be in Wyoming in November. It's not a fun place to play. So um, I definitely think that they're the challenger here to, to Boise. And I, I think, you know, I'm going to take a chance. I'll say Wyoming will win the mountain division. Um, as far as the other teams here, really not much to say. I mean, Air Force is always pesky. I'll, I'll you know, we'll, they'll definitely like be a bowl caliber team. I mean, uh, Troy Calhoun has been there for a number of years now. And he just kind of, they just churn year after year. They just kind of, the rosters turned over. It's just like the other service academies. I mean, they just do a, such a good job with, um, you know, kind of that turnover and they run more, they don't run a pure option offense uh, like, like army and Navy uh, do. They kind of incorporate a little more passing, but Hammond is now on the NFL. I think I saw the Packers were giving him a workout the other day. So they need to, they need to replace, they need to get a new quarterback, but I think the rest of their team should be solid. So I think they're the clear number three in this division. And then you have uh, the three bottom feeders, Colorado state, New Mexico, and Utah state. Um, Blake Anderson comes over from, uh, Arkansas State to take over at Utah State. So that's going to be a, a rebuilding job. Um, New Mexico, I, I just saw it today. We mentioned it last night. Terry Wilson from Kentucky is now the starting quarterback in New Mexico. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I do think um, their hire of Danny Gonzalez was a, was a really good hire. And then you got Rocky Long, who was the former coach at San Diego State. He's, not, he's their defensive coordinator. So last year was just a mess for them. But again, I'm going to chalk that up to to COVID and whatnot. So I think they can definitely be improved. Uh, they're a team to watch out for in the future. I think that's a, a good coaching staff and, and we'll see if they can improve. Um, and then Colorado State, I, I am just not a fan of Adazio. So we're, we're going to fade them. I'm just, you know, it, I, Colorado State's probably a good fit for him, but it's just, there's just nothing exciting there. And it's probably going to be another, you know, it's what he, six and six seasons is kind of what he does. I don't even know if he'll reach that, but yeah, not a fan of, of, the, of the Rams. So, um, but again, I'll, I'll go with Wyoming here in the mountain division. And then in the West, you have an interesting race um, between a couple teams. Um, so I, I I really like Nevada. Um, you know, Carson Strong really took his game to another level last year. And so he should be even better this year uh, with like that air raid offense. And Romeo Dubs, 
Like if you watch these guys, like they did nothing but throw like just deep passes like every single game and like just on point. Like it was really fun to watch. And I, I think uh, they're the team that I, I like here out of this division. Um, San Diego State is going to have a great defense like they always do. I mean, their defensive numbers are just fantastic. However, um, I don't trust Brady Hope for one, um, and they just have no quarterback. I, I don't know what they're doing there. Um, they usually, you know, if you, if you remember from old San Diego State teams in the past, um, they just kind of pound pound the ball and uh, play good defense. I mean, I, as I mentioned, Rocky Long was here for a number of years, and he made it work. But they really they haven't had a quarterback for a long time, and they just kind of win and like try to win like. 13 to seven games, which isn't what you want to do in the modern college football. So I'm, I'm just kind of not high on their offensive scheme and, and players. And I, I think that's just going to hold them back. And I guess the other team in contention here is San Jose state who had a, a say, I don't want to say a miracle season. It was just a, a revelation of how well they played last year, especially Nick Starkle, who let's be honest, like he flamed out at Texas A&M and Arkansas. And then all of a sudden, like he comes to San Jose state and, He's just tremendous, and he returns, so they're definitely going to be in contention. I just think the uh, Carson Strong and that Nevada team, I think, is is the team to beat in this division. Um, Fresno State should be pretty solid. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, uh, again, he, he came over from Indiana last year, and really, again, is you know first year coaches last year just really had a struggle a little bit. So, um, you know, they have some some good returning players. Ronnie Rivers will will lead lead them uh, in in rushing. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't think they're quite at the level of uh, Nevada or San Jose State or San Diego State. So I think they're like the fourth team. And then Hawaii is would probably be after that. And then UNLV is just, is just going to be bad again. And, it, you know, I, on a personal note, I will be in Las Vegas next month. And really? UNLV oh, is yeah. home, uh, home on that weekend. And they're actually playing Iowa State. So I'm hoping to get tickets to, to, watch, uh, to watch that game. So that should be fun. But um, so my, my prediction for the Mount, for the Mountain West will be Wyoming in the Mountain Division, and I'll go Nevada in the West Division. Um, so again, it should be a fun conference, and um, always love the, the, the late night bailout games uh, in the Mountain West. Yeah, that's like Pac-12 after dark for degenerates. <laughs> it's like the Group of Five Pac-12 after dark version. So, um, John, on that topic, are they going to play that game at? At Allegiant Stadium, where the Raiders play. Oh, yep, that's correct. It's, good. it's crazy. Like, yeah, I'm glad that they're playing a good team, but it's like though how the Iowa State fans must be just completely gobbling up tickets because it's like 150 dollars just for a like a second level ticket. Wow. And I checked some of the prices from the other games. Like, if they were playing, you know, uh, Colorado State, the tickets are like 40 bucks like a few <laughs> weeks later. But Iowa State, it's 170. But whatever. I mean, I'm gonna be worth it though. So I'll, I'll, yeah, oh yeah, just to even go in that stadium and just to see like a different kind of college football game. So that'll yeah. that'll be fun. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I mean, Iowa State, if they run the table, they're going to have a real chance of making a national championship game, right? So that's why I think it's completely justified those prices. So um, I think I picked San Jose State for the West. I do love your picks, though, John. Those are good call. Those are good calls. So let's go to Ron and uh, let's get your predictions for the Mountain West. Yeah, I love the Mountain West, and uh, my two favorite teams in the in the conference are definitely uh, Nevada and San Jose State. Um, you know, like John said, uh, Carson Strong uh, had an amazing season last year, and I, I saw something uh, the other day that he's he said he's aiming for an eighty percent completion rate this year. Uh, that that's his goal. So I mean he's he's going to be a guy who uh, if they have the type of season that they can have and he plays as well as he did last year, 
you're going to hear him um, pop up almost like Zach Wilson did last year and uh, maybe end up in the uh, the top half of the uh, NFL draft. Um, you know, he, he's really good. Uh, and Jay Norville is, uh, you know, he, he's got them, you know, humming on, on full speed at Nevada. Um, so they're going to be a, a really good team. San Jose State was my, uh, you know, one of my favorite teams to watch last year. Uh, I use them a lot um, because I, I think they've been so historically uh, bad that uh, it took Vegas a while to catch up to them. Uh, you know, they were they were underdogs in a lot of games that they shouldn't have been, and, and I kind of I kind of rode them out all year long, um, and they didn't disappoint. I remember a, a couple years ago, uh, and this is when they were still bad. I remember reading something. Uh, and it was just like, uh, you know, it was like one of those stories where, you know, they pulled like a whole bunch of, you know, college coaches and anonymously and asked them different things. And I, I remember one of the things they asked them is who's the, the best unknown coach. And, uh, you know, there was a bunch of guys who, who said Brett Brennan at San Jose State. And this was when they were still bad. And they said that, you know, uh, I, I guess he like he's, he's a really good coach. He busts his ass. But San Jose State just has like the worst facilities that uh, they never um, invest money into the football program. And he was, you know, basically starting from scratch and, and look where they are now. You know, I know Nick Starkle was a, a big uh, reason why they succeeded last year. But if they, um, you know, duplicate what they did last year, you're going to see his name uh, coming up for a lot of big jobs. Uh, any of the Pac-12 jobs that open up, you're going to see him in the mix to get them. Um, and, and rightfully so. So I, I think Nevada and, uh, and San Jose State are, are kind of neck and neck uh, in that, that West Division. Uh, Fresno State, they have Jake Hayner, the, the old uh, Washington quarterback. Uh, they'll be decent again. Uh, San, uh, San Diego State and Hawaii, uh, you know they're always going to be in the mix for a bowl. I don't expect anything else this, uh, this year. Um, and in the Mountain Division, I, I can't predict Boise State uh, again. Like the coaching change, I, I just don't know how uh, they're they're going to respond to that. I, of course, they have a lot of talent. They you know they recruit better than most of the other schools in the conference, but I, I just don't feel comfortable predicting them to to win their division. Uh, I'll go checker on a checker with John and say Wyoming. Uh, and again, you know we know what they do. They run the ball uh, down your throat. I, I, I did see um, that uh, Craig Bowl actually said uh, came out and admitted that his his offense is too unbalanced. Uh, they rely too much on the uh, the run, so they bought in some like passing game coordinator this year to try to open it up a little bit more. We'll see if that's really going to happen or this is just some sort of like uh, you know strategy to throw other teams off, but. Uh, but I, I do think they have the most complete team in that division. Uh, and, and like John said, Air Force is right there. Um, the other three teams in the conference, uh, I don't think are any good. I, I like the Blake Anderson hire at Utah State. They just, you know, they're so devoid of talent. They have, uh, you know, they lost so much of their their starters that, uh, you know, it's going to take a while for him to build that program up. Um, and, you know, I know I've said it before, but uh, the Steve Adazio hire at Colorado State, in my opinion, is one of the worst hires uh, of the past decade. Um, you know, Colorado State, they, they just rebuilt like all their facilities. They have like, uh, 
you know, better training facilities and, and, and better weight rooms than, than most of the power five schools. They, they put all this money into the football program and they need a new coach to, to kind of like usher in this new era. And who do they take? Steve Adazio from Boston college who never won more than six games. Uh, you know, the most bland, uh, you know, lunch pail guy you can imagine uh, who's just, I mean, Colorado state went from like, you know, shootouts to just being no fun to watch last year. So, uh, you know, I think that you give it an, another year or two and, and they'll be looking for a new coach. I, I always thought that was an, just an awful, awful fit. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So that I, I, I didn't realize you were going to end there, but, but yes. Uh, yeah. Adazio just looks like such a meathead when I see him on the sideline too. So that's the thing. It's like, he doesn't inspire confidence. And yeah. I can't imagine the yeah. players do. You know? Oh, so so my prediction. I'm sorry, I, Dave. I forgot to put my prediction. I'm going to say it's going to be um, Wyoming, and uh, and I'll say San Jose State to be different. Okay, so you have San Jose State, and I do as well. So uh, that'll conclude. Dave, the- I'll jump. I'll jump in with one more one more thing. I guess um, you know, if we're looking ahead to Week One, a very interesting game is Boise State at UCF, both with new coaches, kind of you know uh, trying to get ahead in that Group of Five pecking order. Uh, so the, the winner of that's going to have a pretty big um, leg up, you know, in terms of, you know, being one of those top teams with uh, Cincinnati and, um, you know, we'll get to the Sun Belt teams in a little bit. But, yeah, that's a pretty big, pretty big week one game and very interesting to see how, how those two teams come out and which one will be, I guess, more well coached. You kind of have to give the edge to UCF just because it's going to be in Orlando and it'll probably be like a thousand degrees that night. Um, yeah. It's actually the Thursday night game on ESPN. So that'll be a good one to kick off the season. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, and then as a, just a side personal personal note, I mentioned UConn's weird schedule. Well, they're playing Wyoming this year in Connecticut. Wow. So I'm going to get to see wow. Wyoming up close cool. and personal. So, yeah, the benefits of going independent, I get to see Wyoming come come play and <laughs> score about 55 points. It's be like 55 to 3 of uh, that game. So it'll be fun to see them anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't think of Wyoming as being that high-scoring a team, but hey, I mean, I, I trust your judgment there, I guess. No, and, and let me tell let me tell you one thing. Like, I always stay away from Wyoming. Um, and I, there was one game last year. I, I can't remember who they were playing, but the I, the over under was like some ridiculous numbers, like sixty for a Wyoming game. So I, I, you know, easy money, right? You take the under. And uh, and I can't remember what game it was, but it was the over hit like five minutes into the third quarter I, I couldn't believe like it was the one game that wyoming decided to show up and throw the football it was ridiculous i can't stand them that's something to deal with that program it's just how do you know system you're right it's just crazy yeah all right so that's the mountain west for you everybody we're down to the sun belt and that will be the last of our group of five and the the magic carpet ride that Coastal Carolina was on last year was really was remarkable. And I think the the pinnacle for a lot of people was the game against BYU. Now, if I remember correctly, I thought maybe they won that game because I remember there was a lot of celebrating. So, will they take that and carry it into ne- into 2021? I don't know. Time will tell. But you know, you got to look at some other teams in the in their other division. In the other division, Louisiana looks really good. So they seem to be the favorite for the West. So the Sun Belt's gonna be good this year. It should be a fun belt indeed. And uh, John, I'll go to you for the for the Sun Belt preview. Yeah, you gotta love the Sun Belt. I mean, it's crazy if you know you guys have been watching college football for a number of years. Like 
go back like I mean, I'm not even gonna say ten years, say like five years, like the Sun Belt was like a legit disgrace. Like, you know, the best team in the conference would win seven games or eight games and all the teams would just get destroyed in the non conference play. Now, like you have legit teams playing like power like remember last year, the first couple weeks of the season, the Sun Belt just took it to the Big Twelve last year and you know, some of these teams are very competitive. So uh, I'm very impressed of how the Sun Belt has kind of risen in their um, risen the ranks in terms of the, like the conference pecking order. I would say they're far and away better than um, the MAC and Conference USA top to bottom. I still think the AAC and um, the Mountain West might be a little bit better, but I think they're definitely third in terms of the group of five uh, pecking order. But um, as far as the previews go, yeah, Coastal Carolina, just a, a magical season for them. And they should be loaded again this year. Uh, you know, the continuity with Grayson McCall and all those other weapons they have on offense, that extremely unique offense. They, they kind of run out of that, like, diamond formation and just do all sorts of play action off of that. I mean, uh, you know, if they continue on this path, um, Chadwell is going to be a, a hot name here for some um, Power 5 coaching jobs for sure in the coming years. So so they've been doing a uh, – you know, they should continue their their trend of hot play and their non-conference schedule really isn't too difficult. So, um, you know, you could see another great season, another t- like nine or ten win season for them. Um, and, you know, they're starting the season ranked in the top 25, which is which is crazy. Um, so the other t- obviously the other competitor for them usually or, you know, the, the usual dominant team in the Sun Belt is Appalachian State. So that, that's going to be their main competition in the East Division. The problem with Appalachian State, and I mentioned this last night, uh, how Duke had so many turnovers. It was because of Chase Bryce, and he's transferred here to Appalachian State. And maybe it was just like he just had a few few bad games and just some bad luck on some of these things. But he had so many turnovers. Like I, the rest of their team is really solid. I mean, they have a really good running back with Peoples. Their offensive line is great, and you know their defense is solid. It's just very very uncertain about about the quarterback position. Maybe they they'll end up playing some. I mean, again, like these teams aren't going to the college football playoffs. So if, if they start Bryce and he's, he plays really poorly in non-conference play, like, all right, we'll just bench his ass and let's get someone else in there who can, who can manage the team for the Sunbelt play. Cause that's really all that, that matters at this point. Um, but that, that definitely concerns me and leads me towards picking coastal Carolina for this division. Um, the other three teams here should be pretty pesky. I think they're all, they all should be bold teams. I mean, Georgia Southern, kind of runs like a triple option option offense um shy Wirtz is no longer there but they should be able to plug in the next guy and and then um you know and run it just as effectively they're always a, a tough team to play uh, georgia state returns almost all of their uh, offensive production from last year and i think they, they've done a really nice job um uh, sean elliott's done a nice job there so i think they should be a bowl team and so should Troy. I, I think all three of the rest of the remainder of these teams in this division should be solid bowl teams and give the top two um, decent games uh, when the when that the schedule comes around. Um, but again, uh, I'll pick Coastal Carolina here just because I'm uncertain about what's going on uh, with Appalachian State at, at quarterback. And in the West Division, uh, Louisiana is the clear favorite here. Um, you know, the rest of these teams are, are not very good. Arkansas State is rebuilding. Well, I shouldn't say rebuilding. Um, they're reloading or retooling, as we just mentioned, Blake Anderson left for Utah State. So in comes an old friend. I'm, I'm sure Ron was happy to see this. Butch Jones back in the game <laughs> here at Arkansas State um, after his, his uh, wonderful tenure at Tennessee. So he's here. Um, Lane Hatcher still 
here at quarterback. I believe Anderson took the other guy. I forget his name. He, he went following Utah State, but so now he, he Hatcher's the main. I remember they were rotating quarterbacks last year, which annoyed me to no end. So Hatcher's definitely the quarterback. Um, so they're, they should be okay, but I don't think they're going to challenge Louisiana. Um, so back to Louisiana. They won a number of close games last year, uh, you know, that really shouldn't have gone their way. I, I just, I'm just thinking of the Appalachian State game that I remember off the top of my head. It was just like a crazy rain and windstorm, and App State missed a 30-yard field goal that would have tied it. And this was before Napier took, like, an intentional safety. He had his quarterback run back, like, 50 yards into the end zone. That was one of the most bizarre games I think I've ever watched. And that's just that's just the Sun Belt for you. But um, Levi Lewis returns. They do lose a couple of their running backs, but I think overall they're still the class of this division. Um, very interesting. They play at Texas week one. So that's a that's a pretty good game to watch on, on uh, that first Saturday. So we'll see how they um, how they can how they can handle against power five competition. But um, I do think they'll win this division. The other teams here are just not very good. Uh, I think we mentioned ULM last night. They're just a complete dumpster fire. Um, Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez coming in to try to try to save things. I mean, they, they, have, they have an FCS team on the schedule. I think they play Jackson State. If they don't win that game, they're not winning a game all year. Um, South Alabama, um, they, they might be a little bit better. Um, but, again, I don't think they're at the class of Louisiana. And Texas State, uh, they actually were pretty competitive last year, uh, but didn't really translate into wins. And it's interesting, we talked about how a team, like, shouldn't do their recruiting process with transfers. Well, Texas State, their entire recruiting class was all transfers this year <laughs> in the transfer portal. So we'll see how it works out for them. Um, you know, they have some playmakers on on offense. Uh, McBride returns at quarterback. So, and uh, Spavital is their off is their coach. He was previously at Texas A and M, and I think he's a pretty good, uh, a pretty smart guy. So, um, I think they could. I think South Alabama and um, Texas State can improve a little bit but I don't think they're in the class of Louisiana. So it's an easy, it's a safe pick, but I think we'll go with um, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana are your two teams here out of out of this conference. And uh, again, I, it's definitely moved up the pecking order in the group of five conferences. And I, you know, we look forward to these, watching these Sunbelt games now, and that did not used to be the case. So, um, you know, kudos to them for, for, you know, putting the, putting the, I guess the money in and the, resources and to improve the league and it's, it's fun to see it is and and i i tend i think i would even put the Sun Belt solidly over the conference usa at this point i don't know if you guys would agree but i I'd probably yeah i said yeah i yeah. said they're clearly ahead of mac and conference usa and behind mountain west and aac yeah that's a good spot i agree so my picks are the same i will have coastal carolina for the east and louisiana for the west and now let's go to ron for your preview of the Sun Belt. Yeah, the same with me, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana. And uh, to me, it's, you know, those two are head and shoulders above everybody else in the conference. And, uh, you know, I actually think both those teams deserve to be in the top 20, you know, to start the season. Uh, you know, they're that good. And, uh, you know, especially coming off the seasons that they had last year, they were both teams are returning uh, virtually all their key pieces. Um, you know, like John said, uh uh, Louisiana has uh, Levi Lewis, the quarterback, um, uh, Grayson McCall at, at Coastal Carolina. I mean, uh, you know, both both great uh, quarterbacks, both really fun to watch, both schools fun to watch. Um, 
you know, they're the, they're the top two. And, and if Cincinnati falters at some point this year and, you know, loses one of those games to Indiana or Notre Dame and then picks up a loss in conference, uh, if one of these two teams go undefeated, I, I think they're the next team up uh, to, to, to make the New Year's Six Bowl uh, for the non-Power Five. Um, it just depends on which one, uh, you know, breaks right and, and, and has the better season. Uh, to me, it's really a toss-up. I, I, I give the edge slightly to Coastal Carolina, but it wouldn't shock me to see Louisiana be that team that uh, that, that wins the, the conference and, and makes a New Year's Six. Um, really, besides that, like John said, he hit the nail on the head. Appalachian State is like that third team in the conference, and everybody else uh, outside of, of those three teams are, are kind of be, you know, they're going to be fighting to just be bowl eligible. Um, you know, there's, you know, they're good teams. They're just not great teams. The Troys of the world, uh, Georgia States, you know, they're decent. Like, like, like John said, Texas State with Spavitel. Um, really interesting team. Really, uh, you know, weird method to not uh, take in any uh, freshman class and, and go all transfer. So we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, and, and yeah, talk about a, a downgrade in coaches from Blake Anderson to Butch Jones. And I mean, look how desperate must have been uh, Bush, Butch Jones must have been because, uh, you know, he was being discussed as a, a favorite for the Rutgers job a couple of years ago before Shiano got it. And now he ends up uh, taking Arkansas State, I guess, just to get back in the mix. But uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll be, you know, come to think about it, maybe it'll be a good fit and, and he'll you know, find some success there. But, uh, you know, even the bad teams are fun to watch and, and interesting. Like John said, and, and we talked about it yesterday, Louisiana Monroe with uh, with uh, Terry Bowden. I mean, they're as bad of a roster as you can get, but it still it would will be interesting to t- uh, tune in and watch how they uh, they play under him. Uh, they they bought in, uh, what's his name, uh, Rhett Rodriguez, um, you know, the old Arizona and Michigan coach and, uh, or, or I, what the hell, Rich Rodriguez. And he bought in his son, Rhett, uh, who was a quarterback at Arizona um, to be the quarterback at Louisiana Monroe. So even a school like that is, is interesting to watch. So uh, I love the Sun Belt, and, uh, and I'll say, you know, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana and, and for my money, they're, they're two of the best 20 teams in the country. Yeah. I think that's going to bear out. I mean, I don't really see. I mean, a lot of guys are returning too. I think uh, as, as well. So, um, I look forward to seeing that this year. And that's that's a group of five. So now we move into independents, which is a larger list than it used to be. Now we have Notre Dame, and UMass, and UConn, and then you have some of the one and Liberty actually. And Liberty had a really good year last year. Malik Willis was very exciting to watch. And, and they really took a lot of people by surprise, and I'm wondering if they'll carry that over. You have Army, who's had, a for them, a down year. BYU, who clearly was a big story because of Zach Wilson. And New Mexico State, who I have absolutely no opinion on. So, uh, John, let's get to you for the independent talk. I mean, this is a big group. Like, it used to be like three teams, and it's like now it's like a whole bunch. So what, what's your thought on them? Yeah, I, for, for a number of years, it was what Notre Dame – army and like one random team that would be like coming up to the division one and would have to be independent for a few years but now it's solidly at what six teams here seven teams so um you know the the independent that everyone wants to talk about is notre dame you know we 
discussed them last night about their win total. It's just a tough, tough schedule um, that they have, and we went over it. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of of Jack Cohn. I think, um, you know, he, he was just he's just kind of your typical game manager, and, and you know maybe that's what Brian Kelly wants. I mean, they have a really good defense, and they have great skill players. I mean, and for all the shit that Kelly gets, I mean, he's a good coach. So I mean, maybe he knows what he's what he's doing with this, but I just don't. I just don't see them winning enough games to being in the college football playoff this year. It's just, it's just too tough of a schedule in my opinion. So maybe they can sneak into like a new year six game. Um, if they can get like nine wins out of it, I mean, that might be good enough for, you know, for just the brand Notre Dame. But um, I, I just don't see them winning that many games uh, to, to be, to make it to the college football playoff. I mean, last year was just a very odd situation when they were part of the AC, the uh, ACC and, that whole thing but um yeah I, i'm just not i'm just not seeing it from them uh to to get to that level again uh this year um a liberty you know you guys mentioned malik wills he could be like a top five pick in the nfl draft if he has another great season they're talking about him being like the kind of zach wilson of this year kind of coming out of nowhere and um being that high of a draft pick and they certainly have this they have the schedule to do it i'm just going to read off their schedule they they, they legit could be um, well, I'll, I'll, before we get to the, what game it would be, but so they play Campbell at Troy, Old Dominion at Syracuse at UAB, Middle Tennessee at Louisiana Monroe at North Texas. So they legit could be eight and zero, and then they play. Oh, I'm sorry, UMass. So they could be nine and zero, and then they play at Ole Miss. So imagine them being nine and zero with Hugh, Hugh Freeze, Freeze going to play. Yeah, exactly. Hugh Freeze playing his old team. Um, with a nine and zero record and like a guy that's, you know, uh, just the hottest thing in college football with uh, Malik Wills. So um, definitely a, a, an up and coming team. I mean, certainly that program and that university has gone all in with football. And you know, obviously for a variety of reasons, they're trying to expand their their reach and, and get their enrollment up. So that, that's they're doing it through through sports and through football. So uh, you know, good on them for coming into the FBS and giving us another another team to wager on and they're certainly going to be they're certainly going to have another good season for sure and um Hugh Freeze is going to move on eventually you think I mean I don't know I don't know if he's too toxic at this point or whatnot but he certainly got it rolling and it's going to be another another really good season for them I I'm pretty sure independents are in the pool of like the non like the group of five pool so they could definitely be in the mix for that that spot if Cincinnati were to falter I think I think Liberty could get into the top 25 easy uh, although I don't know if it has to be a conference champion. That's the only thing. Um, I'd have to check on that. I'm but, not sure because uh, how do you explain Notre Dame then, right? Doesn't Notre Dame get in there somehow? So True, but they might have like a some sort of clause grandfathered in with, yeah. with, the, with the college football playoff. Honestly, I don't know. But I, it, obviously if, if Liberty were somehow in the top four, they would get in the in the playoff. But I don't know if it, it translates to the deal with the other group of five conferences. That's the only thing. Or if they were ranked at a certain point, I think they'd get it. But I don't think they, they'll never get past, like, number 10 or something. And I don't think that would be – they'd have to be higher than all the other conference champions. I don't know. I mean, we'll right. see. I mean, this, this like I was just reading their schedule. It's not a great schedule, and that's why they're going to rack up a bunch of wins. I mean, out of those first nine games I mentioned, the only ones that I really see could be, you know, at UAB could be tricky. I mean, Syracuse is, you know, they're bad, but they're still a power five team. I and mean, they could lose that game. Those were probably the only two that I see here that could be a loss, but it's not a great schedule. But if they were to like go undefeated 
And then they play uh, Louisiana after that Ole Miss game. So there's just two there's two premier games right there for them to to do something. But um, definitely a, a team that's going to have another good season. Um, BYU, uh, obviously they lose Zach Wilson, so we'll see how they have to to replace him. I don't know what they're doing with quarterback. They now they have a bunch of Romneys on the team. I don't know if they're still there. Um, I think one of them plays quarterback, so we'll see. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Sataki, their coach, um, and they lost their offensive coordinator too. So a lot of changes for them. I still think they're going to be like a bowl team, but certainly not what they were last year. And they did play an easy schedule, if you remember. Like since they were independent, they had to cobble together a schedule, and the only teams that would play them were like the Conference USA teams and a couple FB, uh, FCS teams. And they did get that game with Coastal, which was like the highlight, uh, you know, one of the highlights of the season last year, and, and they did lose it, but. Um, you know, I think their kind of record is a little bit inflated. So again, I think they will be a bowl team. They're just not going to be like a 12 and 0 team, maybe like a seven and five kind of team. Um, army is, is they kind of going to do what they do. They schedule smart. They're going to run their option. They're going to probably win six or seven games and they're going to be in a bowl. That's just kind of what they do every year. And, uh, you know, no reason to expect anything different this year. And then you have the two final teams here. Oh, I'm sorry. There's three final teams here. We talked about New Mexico State last night. They are going to be absolutely just horrendous. I mean, again, I don't know what their plan was in the spring, if they just kind of held guys back and treated it as like a practice. But they legit got dominated by Tarleton State and another FCS team. I forget. I looked up. They lost like both FCS games they played in the spring. And um, I don't think they're going to win a game this year. so, you know, like I said last night, UTEP minus nine or nine and a half. That's the play for week number one. They're going to be horrible. Uh, New Mexico State, that is. And then the two U schools, of course, the big rivalry here, UConn and UMass. I don't know. I have no idea what to expect from UConn this year. I'm just honestly just happy they're playing games. It kind of pissed me off that they wouldn't even try to play like two or three games last year when every other team like made an effort to play. Like I know that a lot of a lot of went into it. I mean, there was – um, you know, there was travel restrictions and quarantines going to certain places and coming back here. But, you know, you could have played UMass. You could have played Army. You know, I don't know. But whatever. Um, so I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, the, Randy Edsel says the guys have been training and uh, getting stronger. But I don't know what that's going to do for you. I mean, they're, they're, UConn's offense actually should be pretty decent this year. Um, you know, they, they had some experience in quarterback. The receivers are actually pretty good. Uh, Kevin Mens is a, a pretty good running back. So their offensive line is a little bit of a question mark. But I do think their offense should be pretty good. It's just going to come down to see if their defense has made any improvement. The schedule's not terrible. They do play two FCS teams. Um, they also play Middle Tennessee. Um, they play Fresno week one, which will be a little rough. Um, they do play Army. Um, I think they can win three or four games, which would be kind of an it definitely would be an improvement. Like I said, they've been recruiting better. So they do play UMass, so that could be a, a win. So um, I'm just glad that they're going to be playing this year. Maybe they can get get an upset, but um, I'll just take three or four wins and like some improvement, and hopefully their recruits that are coming in can can do some stuff, uh, you know, in a couple of years, and they can be a like a bowl team every year. That's that's all I'll, I'll I'll I'm not I don't have any delusions of what UConn can be for football. I just want them to give me some excitement, go to a bowl, and 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 that'll be that'll be it. I'll be happy with that. Um, and then UMass should be pretty bad again. Although they do have a, a transfer coming in at quarterback, I guess was a four-star player from Colorado. So, you know, if they're upgrading at that position, I mean, maybe they'll be a little bit better. But um, they were still still pretty bad last year. It was mostly because they couldn't score at all. So if they've improved their quarterback position, um, they could 
you know, they could be a little bit better, but I, I can't see more than like a couple wins. I know they're playing some FCS schools. They are playing New Mexico State, so they should win that game. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the the breakdown of the independence. Uh, you know, nothing, no one's spectacular. Obviously, Notre Dame's going to be the best team out of this bunch. Um, but I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't think their their schedule is too difficult to try to make the college football playoff. And then Liberty will be very intriguing to follow this year to see. Um, see what they can do with their early schedule and see if they can get into that, uh, into the mix for that non, uh, that one playoffs, that one spot that goes to the group of five teams. And I guess I'll have to check on that to see if the independents are even eligible. So um, always, always fun to follow the, the various independents here. Um, You know, big group of them, seven of them this year, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Growing by the year. It's funny because Idaho used to be in on that and then they just left FBS too. So it would be even bigger if they were still around. So that's just funny. Um, I love that preview, though. It's a great, really comprehensive. And, and I, too, am really excited to see what's going to happen with Liberty. So, Ron, let's give it to you for your preview of all the independents. Yeah, I'll start with uh, Notre Dame because I know that's the, you know, the the sexiest name of the independents. Yep. Um, yeah, I know we, we talked about it yesterday with the win totals. Uh, I, I think this is a down year for Notre Dame and, you know, a down year for Notre Dame is still probably seven or eight wins and they'll probably get, probably won't make a new year six or uh, a new year six bowl, but they'll probably make a, a really good ACC bowl um, and and an interesting one. Uh, So, you know, I I think they've just lost too much uh, experience on their roster. Um, I, I think they, you know, I was reading, they lost like eight or nine, uh, starters on the defense uh to go along with uh losing uh ian book and and i'm with john i'm not a fan of jack cone he you know he just he never popped at wisconsin uh never showed anything substantial and and again maybe that's what uh what brian kelly wants but you know uh i I don't think he's someone who's gonna carry notre dame to uh you know to a 10 win season that's for sure uh, and the other, you know, independent to, to watch this year, of course, you guys nailed it, is Liberty. Um, like I said, uh, if I was a betting man, I, I would take a long shot on, Mal- on Malik Willis as the Heisman winner. Um, if the scenario plays out, like John said, if, if they're going into Ole Miss in November at 9-0, and uh, it's going to be because of Malik Willis, and you're going to hear him in the Heisman, uh, in the Heisman talk. I mean, he's a, he's a video game player. He reminds me of, uh, um, you know, he's a, and I said this the other day on the board, he's, he's a mixture of kind of Lamar Jackson. And, uh, and I've seen some of his throws compared to, to Aaron Rodgers. Obviously he's not Aaron Rodgers, but uh, you know, he has the arm strength and the ability to, to, to put it where, you know, guys normally can't. So, and John's right. He, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, he's probably going to be a top five, top ten NFL uh, pick next year. Uh, he's that good. So uh, Liberty is is you know the, the schedule set up for them to make a big run um, if they can make that the the, uh, the New Year's six over one of the the non power fives. I could see them having a shot at that. I I'm with John. I don't know the rules, but they're going to be fun to to watch regardless. Um, the other independents, uh, Army is is going to be decent again. They were nine and three last year. They've kind of, you know, flip flopped with Navy. You know, uh, Navy was up for a while. Army was down, uh, and it's gone. It's it's gone in reverse, and, and Army's back on that 
top of the heap now. Um, so they'll they'll hum along and and probably win seven, eight, nine games again and 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 make a decent bowl or whatever bowl they have tied into. Um, and I, I'm with John with like UConn and, uh, and you know and some of the teams that didn't play last year. It's just good to see them back. Um, and you know. I'm not a fan of, of, of UConn, but if I was, and I, I know John's a big fan, like, you know, going independent is kind of, you know, a good deal for them, you know, uh, as as a fan, because you got teams coming in like Purdue. I mean, Purdue's a, a, a great non-conference game to, to watch, you know, in Connecticut. Um, they travel to, uh, to Fresno State, which is a really interesting game to start the year. Uh, you know, they, they, they have like a really interesting schedule. And I think that's, uh, to me, that's, you know, after seeing them not play for a year, I think it's really cool. You know, they, they got a schedule that, um, you know, you're going to see different teams and not the same AAC teams. You don't have to see them play <laughs> the SMUs and, and, and the temples of the world. So uh, to me, that that's kind of a, a good deal for them. Um and, and yeah, New Mexico State. I mean, geez, they might be the worst uh, college football team in the country. And uh, and funny enough, I, I saw somewhere where the coach, uh, you know, most coaches probably complain about the transfer portal uh, behind closed doors, but you know, they also use it to their advantage and, and have probably like uh, you know integrated it into their philosophy on how to build the team. And I saw uh, their coach Doug Martin was, uh, you know basically just like crying about it saying it's not fair to him uh you know they take his best players and he doesn't get a equal in return uh it needs to be abolished and this and that and i mean uh, you know that that program's just a disaster right now and and, you know i I don't think like john said i don't see them winning a game this year uh but and, and byu um yeah they lost zach wilson but you know they'll probably still churn out six or seven wins and, and make a bowl, um, and yeah, I, I think one of the Romneys is is that is the quarterback. I'm not sure if it's Baylor or Gunner, but I mean, if you ever had to, uh, you know, blindly guess what the name of uh, Mitt Romney's nephews are, uh, <laughs> you know, I would put good money on it being something like Baylor or, or Gunner, you know, so, and BYU has, uh, you know, they, they have them all, so good for them. Good for them indeed. So we are, actually, hey, I- I'll, I'll jump in for one more quick thing here. So yeah, um, you know, no one wants to hear about UConn here, but I'll just mention like our home schedule and Ron's right. Like I would much rather see this home schedule than like the shit that we were being fed on the AAC. So it's Holy yeah. Cross, Purdue, Wyoming, uh, Yale, Middle Tennessee, and Houston. So it's it's really not bad of a home schedule. I mean, you have two FCS teams, but whatever. It, it was cobbled together pretty quick. But then we do play – my dog is barking again. We do play at Clemson. So can you imagine what the line's going to be on that one? About 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, well, at least you get to see you, – you know, yeah, it's going to be a ton – you know, I did want to ask you, as far as the New Mexico being the worst team, I think you're right. However, Bowling Green, I think, makes a case, too. They're just brutal. Like, they just seem lost. Can I say something, Dave? Sure, go uh, for it. When I looked at, like, the week one lines, uh, <laughs> it was Tennessee minus 27 against Bowling Green. And, you know, without doing any research, like, when I saw this, like, a month ago, without doing any research, I was like, Bowling Green has my money. Put put my money on Bowling Green minus 27. 
I forgot, you know, just how bad they were last year. So, I, I, you know, once I got into the research, I was like, shit, I might have to take Tennessee minus 27. Yeah, even with, even with Hypo, yeah, I think maybe a better bet for that one would be Tennessee team total, whatever it is. I just – Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Bowling Green is just hideous. And then, you know, you know they're going to want to, like, run up the score and, like, Hypo's going to show his offense. So, yeah. I think that's the bet for that game. Yeah, I love that, you guys. So, um, there is definitely rubble in uh, in FBS – and there's also great teams. We'll now focus on them because we are going to make our college football playoff predictions, which is going to be the easiest segment you will ever see on any podcast anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, I'll give it to you first. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. So we'll go Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. We'll say Alabama gets left out this year, but I mean they're they could swap them for Georgia easily. Yeah. So that they'll 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 be my four. All right. Um Ron, let's get your prediction. Damn man, I, I don't wanna say like the, the same four that <laughs> you know, we say every year and we know that they're it's gonna end up being the same four, but I wanna be a little bit different. Uh jeez. Um I'll say uh, two SEC teams make it. I'll say it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, um, uh, and I'll say uh, Ohio State and Oklahoma. I'll say that Clemson slips up somewhere, oh. maybe even week one, um, and, and they just miss it. I'll, I'll say, you know, give a shot in the dark and say that Clemson misses it. All right, so that's a, that's a little different. You're going with Oklahoma over Clemson. That is definitely different. Um, I will – reluctantly take Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State. I mean, you want to think something else is going to be different, something else is going to happen, but, man, it just doesn't. So those are my predictions. What are you going to do? I mean, they're just too good right now. (laughs) System. So, oh, and of that group, uh, who do you think is going to win the championship? Um, John, I'll go with you first. Oh, man. Um, Let's go with Oklahoma. Okay. I just, like, I like Lincoln Riley and I like Spencer Rattler and just be good to see a non SEC team win. Honestly, just even though the same teams are there, it just feels like the same teams win it. So we'll, yeah. we'll go with, uh, we'll go with Oklahoma. It's be a little different. It would be nice just to have a not, a not Southern team win. Cause you also, the rest of the time it was Clemson. So that would be refreshing in itself. Granted Oklahoma's kind of Southern, so I'm not really sure if that really counts, but uh, all right, John, all right, Ron, let's get your prediction for the championship. Yeah, I would like to see Oklahoma win, uh, but to be different, I'll go. I'll, I'll say Ohio State. I, I just I don't want to pick an SEC team. I really don't. <laughs> I don't either. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick Georgia. At least I'm picking Georgia. At least it's not Alabama. So I'm gonna go Georgia. So we all have completely different picks for the championship, at least. So that I hope we're right, because then at least it'll be it'll be refreshing. It'll be something else. So yeah. That's about it, everybody. I mean, if there's anything else you want to get into tonight that I might have missed, feel free to use this spot to do so. But other than that, I'd like to give it to you for final thoughts. And, John, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I know, Dave, this was great. I, I, I compare, Like I said, compared to our previous years, we were actually able to talk about these conferences a little bit more. So uh, definitely a lot of fun. And week zero will be here in 10 days. So I know we probably won't do picks, like an official picks for that. But looking forward to the following week when we start up our – yearly picks and we'll get Andy hopefully in the Knicks and um, it'll be a good time so looking forward to Labor Day week one and we'll get we'll get all these games started so and knock on wood by then my state is on the verge of having 
legal gambling. So our hypothetical bets will be Ooh. actual bets very shortly. So Ooh. that is a very exciting thing. And um, this is, uh, hopefully it'll be a great season. So looking forward to it. And uh, thanks again, always, for, for having us on to talk about it. Glad to do so. Good job out of Connecticut. That's fantastic. It's about time. And same for us in California. It hasn't happened yet. We're gonna. We're still waiting. But uh, oh, one other thing I want to mention. Um, Andy says cannot wait to listen to this show and last night's show Heyman style. Andy, thanks for your participation tonight. <laughs> it's gonna be great. So we look forward to having you on the on the the on the football pick shows too. So that'd be really fun. Um, LT says, how long before Lincoln Riley is coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Like a year, probably at this point. He is really good. Um, Ron, let's give it to you for final thoughts. Yeah, you know, um, uh, like I echo John's statements. Uh, Dave, thanks for having us on. You know, uh, I think the seventh or eighth year that we're doing this. Uh, love the format of it being split up um, because we do get to, to cover so much, uh, you know, stuff on here. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait just to have like a normal normal football season fingers crossed hopefully everything yeah. uh you know stays on the up and up and, and doesn't go to shit um again uh but uh yeah looking forward to a, a normal football season it'll be nice to see you know the crowds back in in the stadiums too uh you know whether you agree with that or not uh you know it does make such a better visual on tv um and, and really i mean the first week three weeks of the season there's just so many good games that, uh, you know, it, it really does like set the tone for hopefully a great year of, of college football. And yeah, I, I can't wait for the, uh, for the kid clubs picks and, and to get that rolling again. And, um, you know, to, to LT's question, I'll say that, uh, if the Cowboys miss the playoffs this year and Oklahoma wins the national title, or at least gets into the national title game, you'll probably see Lincoln Riley as a Dallas coach next year. And just to remind everybody, the coach of the Cowboys this year, Mike McCarthy. So I want to get <laughs> so we can keep betting against the Cowboys. But I guess at some point he'll have to he'll have to show his true colors in game management, like he did with Green Bay. And, <laughs> uh, yep, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to the season, though. I, I think we've got a lot of scenarios, and like you said, I think we're just going to have a cohesive season for one for this year, and, and God willing, I, we'll, we'll get there. So um, it's been a lot of fun covering these teams with you. And John, I agree with everyone. I agree with Ron. Great call splitting this up this year. Let's do it again sometime. And uh, until then, have a great week. All right, take care, guys. Guys, see you. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much, uh, Ron and and John. That was really great. And and, and yeah, we're going to revive the, the football picks. We're going to be back at it. We'll have Andy in the mix. I'll get back to you as far as what we do with the guest picks. I don't know yet. I think we would have a good pool, though, if we if we ended up doing guest pickers. I think we would have a good pool this year. You might see some fresh blood in that area as well, believe it or not. So um, until then, we're just like uh, we can count down to week zero and then we'll count down to week one that's when we'll rejoin you here on the program we're gonna take next week off i am beat this not from this I, i've been just been beat from everything else like this has been really fun to do but i nevertheless would like to take a break and just yeah like just completely detach from everything for about five days or so so um I, i'm dave and dean i hope you really enjoyed that it was really fun thanks to john and ron they were w wonderful tonight it's a fantastic job by both. 
And if you miss anything, you can catch our replays right here on YouTube if you're watching it on the, the video simulcast, youtube.com slash If you lost track of where we are. And on the podcast, you can look for Dave in the City Out West or go to didcow.com for our podcast, our podcasts of these two sh- of these two preview shows. So I thank you so much for your part for, for being here tonight. This has really been a lot of fun. And um, and here's a good season. Hopefully it's a good season. Granted, we know it's going to be a bit of a circus in terms of like who's actually going to win the title. But hey, if one of our three predictions is right, then we could actually indeed have like something refreshing this year that's what i'll be that's what i'll be hoping for so take care everyone have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time